Good morning. Um, Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15, which is on page 970 of the Church Bibles. It's Matthew 6, 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins your father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Um, my name is Jana, if, we not, if we've not met. Very warm welcome to HT this morning. Um, just listen to the sound of the rain. It's nice to be inside, isn't it? Yes. Uh, this morning, um, our passage is an obscure one. <laughs> not. Uh, The Lord's Prayer is very likely one of the most well-known prayers in the world, and rightly so. It's quite an extraordinary prayer and um, worthy of considerably more time than we can give it uh, this morning. So you will forgive me if I neglect to say everything there is to be said about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, What we're going to do this morning is um, follow Jesus through his teaching um, on prayer and find some very practical do's and don'ts when it comes to prayer. We have caught Jesus at a wonderfully practical mode. Jesus can be at times uh, mystifying. (laughs) You ask him a perfectly reasonable question and he replies with something like, you have to be born again of spirit and water. It's hard to know where to go from there. So (laughs) this morning he is in fact very practical. So we would, be, um, we would be fools to rush over this passage too quickly and not gather from it as much practical advice as we can possibly fit in our minds and pockets. Um, and just, just to stop for a second before we dive in, the fact that Jesus is teaching us how to pray at all tells us at least three things right off the bat. Number one, uh, he expects us to pray. Otherwise, this would be a waste of his time, and he's not one to waste time. He expects us to pray. Number two, prayer is difficult. It doesn't come naturally to us. It's not like breathing, where we have some kind of muscle memory, and it will just come to us. It's difficult. It requires teaching. And the third thing is, uh, there is a wrong way to pray. Jesus doesn't just say, pray. He says, this is how not to pray, and this is how to pray. If we were just left to our own devices to pray any way we like, we'd go wrong somewhere. Prayer 
There is a wrong way to pray, so Jesus teaches us the right one. So in light of these things, in light of the fact that Jesus expects us to pray, that prayer is difficult and we could get it wrong, he gives us wonderfully practical advice. Um, So we're going to dive in. We're going to take two don'ts from this, two don'ts on how not to pray um, that Jesus uh, has here, and then we're going to take just two observations from the actual prayer itself. Does that sound sensible? You with me? Great. Let me just pray before we start. That seems fitting. Um, Father, thank you so much that you are here with us this morning. Thank you that you are so kind as to teach us how to pray, and we come this morning to say we want to learn. We pray that you give us open hearts. We pray that you would help uh, what I've prepared be clear. We pray that you would do all that you would want to do in our hearts and minds today. Amen. Okay, so two don'ts. Two don'ts. First thing that Jesus says not to do, he says, don't pray for show. Don't pray for show. Look at verse 5. Hopefully, you've still got the passage open in front of you. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. Prayer is not for a human audience. It's not a way to impress people with our eloquence or our humility or our earnestness or our spirituality. No. Jesus says when it comes to prayer, you can't kill two birds with one stone. You can't speak to God and as a kind of byproduct impress everyone around you. God is no fool. He knows if we're speaking to him or if we're actually really speaking to somebody else. You can't kill two birds with one stone. Um, This is particularly tricky, um, I would say, because sometimes the person that you're most trying to impress uh, is yourself. Does that sound funny? Have you not ever got distracted by listening to yourself pray? Judging the quality of your own prayers? Yeah, I sound so pathetic. I sound so selfish. I sound so idiotic. Or I sound awesome. And you get totally distracted by listening to yourself pray. Is that not, not just me? Even the great Bonhoeffer confessed of his prayer life, I can lay on a very nice show for myself, even in the privacy of my own room. We can pray in order to pat ourselves on the back. And when we do, all we get for our efforts is a pat on the back. Jesus says, don't pray for show. Instead, he says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Practically, it's so practical. Privacy, it would seem, is essential to our prayer lives. That's not to say that prayer meetings or kind of corporate prayer, as we'll pray together later in the service, is no good, that we should avoid it. It's clearly a part of the early church's life. It's central to being together as Christians. There's something good about that, but it is no substitute for private prayer. It's no substitute for having a place where you go to be alone with your Father in heaven. So, practically, do you have a place to go where you're not distracted, where you can close the door? Um, And um, I suppose the second follow-on question to that is, is that place in itself a bit of a show? You know, maybe you could go away for hours to seek the Lord, but secretly secretly relish the fact that everyone knows that you've disappeared for hours and it's to be with the Lord. This place, whatever it is for you and me, should be unannounced, understated, private. 
And even if we find such a place and love such a place, uh, in terms of our own pride, how do we manage to get ourselves out of the room somehow? I think this is one of the reasons why it will take us the best part of our lives to learn how to pray. I think it's by repeated honesty with God, confession, and frankly, the transforming presence of God that will help us pray honestly, that will help us pray towards our Father and not towards ourselves. The first don't, Jesus says, is don't pray for show. Rather, pray for your Father in heaven. The second don't, have a look at me, with me. Um, Verse eight, oh no, sorry, verse seven. When you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. What does he mean? The second don't is don't pander. Don't pander. When the pagans prayed to their gods, which usually included whatever uh, uh, emperor was on the throne at the time, uh, when they prayed, they had very long and eloquent salutations. You had to be sure to address the gods correctly in their full and uh, glorious titles in order to not offend them, to impress them as so much with your eloquence that they would um, grant your request. So, an example, I found, I came across one from the fourth century in my reading, which might pop up on the screens momentarily. This is the full title of Galerius Caesar. I don't even know if you can see that. It goes like this. The Emperor Caesar Galerius, Valerius, Maximus, Invictus, Augustus, Pontificus, Maximus. At one point, it starts saying things five times, six times. I'm not going to attempt to read the whole thing. This is the full title of one God that you would have to address. The classicist could come and explain to me why that's the case later. Um, if you wanted to please the gods, you can take that down, thanks. If you wanted to please the gods and persuade them, persuade them to answer your request, you pander to their ego. You say everything just right. You attempt to manipulate them with eloquent flattery. But Jesus says, God is not to be buttered up. You can't manipulate God with flattery. It is certainly not the case that if you have long and beautiful prayers that show you're you're theologically astute, it's well-nuanced, well-balanced, it's not necessarily going to get you any closer to what you want. No, Jesus says, many pretty words will not do the trick. Instead, Jesus says, pray like this. And he gives them the Lord's Prayer just there. It's not very long at all, is it really? In fact, if you look at it on the page, it's shorter than the preamble before it. So short, so direct, so honest. I mean, just look at one of the lines. Look at at verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. I mean, that's almost rude. Give us today our daily bread. It's so direct. Jesus says God isn't moved by beautiful craftsmanship when it comes to prayer. He's moved by honesty. He's moved by honesty. Don't pander. Be honest and straightforward when you pray. So those are his two don'ts before he gets to the main thing. Don't pray for show and don't pander. Now, the prayer itself. Um, As I said, we cannot give it as much time as it deserves. 
Um, we could linger over it line by line. Um, but we're just going to pull out two observations on this prayer. Okay? Observation number one. Everything is in here. This is the most amazing condensed prayer that you're going to find pretty much anywhere in Scripture. Like there's worship in there, uh, hallowed be your name, confession. There's asking God for God's provision, petition, asking for God's protection. It is crystallized everything that Jesus came to do. It is crystallized everything that God wants to do in us and on the earth. Everything is in here. It's astonishing. And, um, and I would actually say, you need a jolly good excuse to not be praying this prayer on a regular basis. Everything is in here. And you could take it um, actually as a bit of a framework. So if you imagine that each of the lines is in fact like a subtitle, and you could kind of go into more detail under, under each line, that is the way that for hundreds and hundreds of years, um, Christians have prayed this prayer. So, for example, we could say, when we pray, your kingdom come and your will be done, we're inviting God's kingdom on the earth. And you could go into specifics. You could say, God, would your kingdom come and your will be done in my job? And you list a few things that you're worried about in your job, that your kingdom come and your will be done in my family, in my parents' lives, in my kids' lives. Would your kingdom come and your will be done uh, in my degree? Whatever it is, you can go into more detail. Um, and you could do that with all of the lines. And as I say, I would love to do that and go through that together, but we don't have time. Um, and in fact, uh, there's a nice little resource here. This is, I've actually nicked this shamelessly. Stuart wrote this um, a few years ago, I think, for a seminar. But he basically pulls each line as a, as a header, as a subtitle, and then a few bullet points underneath, designed to help you pray through the Lord's Prayer. Um, if you take a few minutes on each one, it'll take you about 25, 30 minutes. Um, I really recommend it. We've put copies at the back. It's this red one, if you want to take one um, on the way home. It's a, um, as I said, you need a jolly good excuse to not be praying this prayer on a regular basis, unless, of course, you have a better one. <laughs> I don't think you do. Um, so that's the first thing to observe. Everything is in here. Now, second thing to observe. Just look at the beginning of this prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father. We pray as children. Have you ever thought about the start of this prayer? He doesn't say... When you should pray, pray our creator, though he is. Pray our king, though he is. No, he says pray our father. We don't come to God to pray as subjects, though we are. We don't come to God to pray as created beings, as creatures, though we are. No, we come as children, sons and daughters. The basis of Christian prayer is a conversation between a child and their father in heaven. Think about this. Children are so small. They're so not ready yet, so unqualified. A good father doesn't listen to his children because they have good grades or because they haven't thrown their vegetables at dinner guests. He, he listens because he loves them. He's proud of their grades. He's proud of the fact they actually eat their vegetables, but that's not the basis of the relationship. In the same way, 
God is not looking for scorecards or a CV when we come to him. He is not waiting to be persuaded. He's not waiting to be persuaded by performance of any kind. If we do try to persuade him, maybe by showing him how sorry we are or how good we've been, we're just showing we started off on the wrong foot altogether. We've forgotten that we're talking to our father who does not need persuading. If we pray as children, we can't bring any of our accomplishments or talents or impressiveness with us. We can bring nothing to persuade him. There is something slightly terrifying about coming to God as our Father. To pray as Jesus taught us requires us to leave behind what makes us important in the world. Let me say that again. To pray as Jesus taught us requires us to leave behind what makes us important in the world. We have to simply come as children. And you know, when Jesus, when Jesus says, pray like this, our Father, he opens his own relationship with the Father to us. That somehow, in Jesus, through Jesus, we also become sons and daughters of God. When Jesus not only allows us, but tells us to pray our Father, he moves to pull us up onto the same basis of prayer that he has himself. We don't have to persuade God to listen to us because Jesus doesn't have to persuade God to listen to him. In Jesus, we have the same right to speak to God as Jesus has. We pray as children. It's not even a metaphor. It's not that we pray like children or we pray as if we were children. We are children of the Heavenly Father. When Jesus told us to pray our Father, he shows God's hand, that not-so-secret desire of God's heart to adopt wayward and messy men and women to make us sons and daughters, not metaphorically, literally. In his astonishing love for us, he did not want us just as subjects and creatures, but as sons and daughters. I noticed this. You see it in the Bible. I noticed it just the other day. I was reading Exodus. And in chapter 18, God's pulled his people out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. And he says this. He says, I carried you on wings like eagles and brought you to myself. He has always been trying to bring us to himself to his Father's heart. And that is why praying our Father is terrifying and liberating in equal measure. So, how do you come to God in prayer if you pray? Does it feel a little bit like a business transaction, a little bit, I'll do this, if you kind of do that, a spiritual version of I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine? Do you come to prayer as a frightened employee to a scary boss? How do you come to God if you do? Let's say 
You want to pray as a child. You don't want to just say our Father, but pray our Father. To pray our, to God as your Father is to trust Him. It is to throw yourself on His provision, His protection, His security. It is to trust Him more than you trust your own strength. And let's be honest, that's actually harder to do when life is going well because your own strength doesn't feel too shabby. You feel like you have more to barter with. It's so easy to slip away, even if we once called God Father, to slip away later. So, how do we learn to pray as Jesus taught us? To pray our Father. The way has already been made. The door is wide open. That was Jesus' job. That's why he lived the life he lived. That's why he died the death he died and rose again. The way is already made. But now two things are necessary. Now two things are necessary for us to be able to pray our Father. Number one, a humble heart. There's no two ways about that. We have to be willing to come to God as children, empty pockets, and all. We have to let God look at us without hiding behind any of our accomplishments or talents or potential. We must come with a humble heart. And the second thing that is necessary is the Spirit of God. One of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to seal the deal whereby we become children of God. The paperwork is signed. The adoption is legal. We are children of God, and we will inherit his kingdom. And the Holy Spirit makes it real, not just in the world, but within us. He makes us sure of it. Maybe you've known the Lord's Prayer for years. Maybe you've prayed the Lord's Prayer for years, but never really known yourself to be a child of God. The Holy Spirit will help you know it. You must ask for the Holy Spirit to come and seal the deal within you. So, when we come with a humble heart and God's Holy Spirit seals the deal in us, we learn to pray as Jesus taught us. We can go into our room, close the door, and speak honestly with our Father in heaven. Sounds good, doesn't it? Let me pray for us. Our Father, thank you that we can call you that. Thank you for your provision, your protection, and your security. Thank you that a way has been made for us to come into your presence boldly as children to their Father. We ask that you would teach us to pray, make us people of prayer. We pray, Lord, that you would help us build um, private places of prayer that fuel our whole lives for decades. We pray all this in Jesus' name and for his glory on the earth. Amen.